What's going on, everybody? We're back with another episode of Questionable for Sunday. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Connor. What's going on, man? Yo, what's up, Eric? Man, I am so excited for this podcast. Uh, we got a special guest on this week. Yeah, super special guest. First time coming on the pod, we got Spencer. Spencer, what's up, man? Happy to have what you up? on the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be on. Dude, not going to lie, man. I, I've been hit up by multiple people that are just super hyped to get you on the podcast this year. What do you what do you have to say to your fans who are looking forward to this monumental occasion? What do I have to say to my fans? You know, my, I, wow. I'm flattered, to be perfectly honest. Uh, thank you. for. I hope I hope to come through for you, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best out there. Wow. For, for a celebrity, you are surprisingly <laughs> humble. We are so happy to have you. Uh, Spence. I know it's been a little bit of a rough start to the fantasy season, but uh, just start off with your thoughts so far on the season and how it's been going. Uh, well, I'm bringing up the rear view here uh, <laughs> with uh, with a few a few looks like Curtis Curtis Jordan and I are kind of having this nice view from the back. Uh, I don't know. Other than Jerry, just absolutely shit stomping everybody, and uh, it, it seems like there's a lot of parity in the middle. There's there's not like a whole lot of uh, separation other than Jerry being quite a bit of boys ahead. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there's a lot of teams uh, in the mix. I actually, now. I thought you had a pretty decent draft to be honest. Like uh, it actually worked out pretty well cornering the the Cleveland running back market. Um, it's just been like I can't believe Julio Jones just hasn't been the factor that he has in the past. Is he is it because he's old or uh, have you been following that at all? You know he uh, he had a hamstring injury coming into the year uh, that was kind of known. Uh, and he's re-aggravated it. So, I mean, hamstring injury, older guy, uh, not something that you really want to have. That's for sure. That's true. And I'm looking at your, your draft here, man. Marlon Mack, I mean, for 7 bucks, I was targeting him in the draft as well. I thought that's good value. He's unfortunate with the injury. I thought Chris Tom Thompson would do way more uh, in Jacksonville than he is. Unfortunately, he, he really isn't. Um, and I guess, uh, did you already – oh, yeah, I guess you have uh, Damian Harris. He might be uh, playable in the future. So, hey, there's possible things. It could be looking up, right? Could absolutely be looking up. Uh, you know, this is, as far as the draft, I mean, I left $15 on the table. So uh, that's that right there is probably not something you want to do in the future, uh, would be my advice uh, if, if anyone was thinking about, uh, you know, trying to do that in the future. But, yeah. I, I know I'm an innovator, but leaving money on the table at the, <laughs> at the auction is uh, one step too far, I think. For I me. mean, to be honest, though, if you were like four and zero right now, or no, if you even make the playoffs, leaving fifteen bucks on the table, you should like everyone. You should just show everyone you're nuts. Like we have to look at it. Like that's such a baller move, you know? You're like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like whatever, fifteen if bucks I, on if, the if, table. Still if good. I make my, if I make the playoffs, you can see my nuts, Connor. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard it here first. Uh, Round the pod. Uh, a big promise <laughs> from Spence if he's able to, you know, make a miraculous run and make the playoffs. But Spencer, pumped to have you on. It's going to be another great episode. Uh, got a couple of announcements we want to make right off the top. Uh, one thing that came up on Discord today, I think most of you probably saw it, but in case you didn't, Connor took away the roster limits. So I think before it was like eight wide receivers max and running backs well, max you could roster on your team. And, I do uh, want to talk about that very briefly. Uh, there was a little bit of talk about, you know, oh, my God, is this one of those uh, conniving ideas of Eric or Joe uh, in the Discord chat? And I want to give credit where credit's due. First of all, I think it's a great idea. Second of all, it was actually Spencer who came to me, uh, who sent me a text this morning about it, and, uh, about removing the roster limits. And to be honest with you, when we expanded the uh, starting 
lineup, I didn't even look at those roster limits at all. And I assume on ESPN there's like an equation where it takes the starting slots plus your bench divided by something to get those numbers. And it just seems a little archaic. I mean, uh, I don't give a fuck how you guys make your teams. And uh, yeah, there weren't any major objections. So I think it's a great change. And credit to Spencer again for innovating. Yeah, Spencer came up with the great. He was, you know, a good idea to point out that. He obviously uh, suggested the COVID rules last week, um, which may go into effect again this week. I know the Titans... Uh, there's some talks about them potentially having to forfeit their game on Saturday. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there with other games around the league. Um, so some nice, some nice ideas from Spencer here. Uh, like we said, always innovating. Uh, another, another idea I wanted to bring up, um, Connor, I don't know if you want, if you want to put this up for vote or uh, if you want to make the executive decision as, as commission was a bad beat jackpot. So each week everyone would put in a dollar. So $12 a week. And if you're the second highest scoring team and you lose to the top scoring team, then you would win the bad beat jackpot. It rolls over every week. So I think this last week, Curtis was the second highest scoring team, I want to say, and he lost to AMAC. So if that was the case, he would have won 48 bucks um, because 12 weeks, it was the fourth week. So um, four times 12 is 48 because uh, I'm good at math. But uh, Someone check that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Spencer, I'm sure you're down with it. Um, absolutely absolutely it sounds like a great idea connor, connor what are your thoughts uh i think it's a, a great idea as well to be totally honest i don't know why we hadn't thought about this before but the amount of degeneracy that we have in our league uh you think that these gambling addicts would have thought of this quicker the one issue i see uh as someone who receives all the venmo requests is getting that one dollar venmo request every week now i don't know if you want to do it like uh poker style where like a big blind gives the ante so maybe i don't know we, we all pay out whatever it happens to the particular person and just keep track in the background. Um, okay. Yeah. But the, yeah, that would be like the only hiccup. But to be honest, I think it's like, a, I think it's fantastic. Idea. Yeah. I think maybe, we, yeah, instead of just having to Venmo every week, it's, it's kind of just uh, inconvenient just Venmoing someone a dollar. We can just keep track. We can just keep track of it. And uh, if someone wins it, then we'll just know whatever the amount is divided by 12 is what everyone knows. Yo, uh, <laughs> do you guys want to hear like a, a really stupid story? Like really quick? Yeah. Yeah, like this one, I, well, this one time, like I, I wanted to ask this girl out, but I didn't have her number, but I had her Venmo. So I, I paid her a dollar and then I added a note asking her for her number. How'd that work out? Uh, we went on one date and then she ghosted me. So pretty well. <laughs> sounds yeah. like sounds like trying to make Jerry a trade offer. <laughs> uh, but, but right off the bat, you know, last week's Con Connor's Corner was a huge success. So we brought it back for another week. Uh, Connor, the floor is yours. Okay, first of all, I would say huge success, all right? I didn't get nearly enough credit as I deserved, which is pretty standard for the league. But this is uh, – I got another little thing that's pissing me off this week, to be totally honest with you. It's not really football-related, so you guys have to bear with me for about half a second. Um, you guys ever uh, – I, I was listening to this podcast earlier uh, earlier in the week, and they, they referenced a, a biblical story. Now, um, there's an old story in the, uh, in the uh, Old Testament about King Solomon. You guys, know, you guys know who King Solomon is? King Saul slash Solomon, yes. I yeah, yeah, King Solomon. Yeah, he's king of the king of the Israelites like two thousand five hundred years ago. All right, and he was like he like united everyone. He's like a legend in Judaism. Like he's he's all he's a big name in the Old Testament, right? And there's like this old story that they used to talk about in Sunday school, or if you like me, you went to Catholic school. And, you know, you weren't paying attention the whole time. You're picking boogers when you went to religion class, but whatever. And they told this this story, and this podcast referenced the story as a joke. And as an adult. I just got so fucking pissed off. Okay, maybe you heard the maybe you've heard this story. So King Solomon's chilling, right? He's fucking being a king in his throne, little throne room, right? These two women walk up. One girl's like, "Yo, this chick stole my baby," 
right? And the other chick's like, no, actually, this chick stole my baby. So King Solomon has like this – he's like, oh, man, I got to solve this debacle. These peasants are coming to the king to figure out whose his baby is, right? So how does he determine the maternity of the baby? He goes, all right, ladies, we're going to cut the baby in half. He threatens to kill the baby, okay? And one girl's just like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, not, not a problem. The other girl's like, oh, actually, let's, let's not cut the baby in half. And then King Solomon's like, boom, I'm a fucking genius. Yeah, that's the mother, okay? Literally, this is a story they tell kids to show how much of a genius this guy was. That's fucking awful logic. You don't want to see a baby get cut in half, therefore you are the parent. Not true at all, okay? Imagine if that happened in today's day, okay? If you had an issue, if you go on like Maury Povich, okay? And Maury's, and these two these two ladies are like, oh man, that's my baby, no, that's my baby. And Maury, Maury Povich goes, oh man, okay, we're gonna cut the baby in half. We're gonna cut it in half. What would everyone do? You think the audience would be like, huh, what, what, what's gonna happen? No, everyone would be like, Maury, that's a fucking awful idea. That makes no fucking sense. No one here wants to see a baby to cut in half. Why would you suggest such a thing? Are you on crack? Doesn't make any sense, man. So I was listening to this podcast, and it occurred to me that everyone – we tell this story to kids. We literally tell this story to kids about killing kids and how it was like a, a moment of genius for this guy 2,500 years ago. It makes absolutely zero sense. Zero fucking sense. If you had to uh, compare King Solomon to a, to a fantasy player on someone's roster, who would you pick? Oh, a fantasy player on someone's roster. Oh, obviously Brandon Cooks. Let's be honest. <laughs> Anyways. And, and that's going to do it for this week's Connors Corner. It's just pissing me off. I mean, honestly, like maybe you guys didn't hear that story before, but like it's told to children as like a, a like, oh, here's a good allegory. Like here's someone who's righteous, and he's so like I, suggesting we cut children in half. I I I, I myself did hear the story as a, as a young child quite often. Uh, I did not take the same message, I guess. Uh, <laughs> right, me neither. As a kid, I was like, what a great idea. Let's cut well, the baby in half. Right, because, well, m- more like you, you never ac- actually have to cut the baby in half was the point, right? It's more like a, <laughs> that was the whole point of it, of right? Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. But, like, why would the girl be okay with it? You think that if, even if it wasn't your baby, what, you want to see it cut in half? doesn't make any sense, right? Well, the, the, per- the person who's okay with it is the psychopath and is not right. the mom, right? Like, <laughs> right, so, right. You, you, I mean, it, I, I get. I, I like what you're saying in terms of it, it maybe not being as smart uh, as they make it out to have been. Like, because they make it seem like it's this big, like, genius thing that he figured out. Right. Uh, yeah. But when in reality, it was kind of just like, okay, obviously the psychopath had nothing invested in it, so didn't care about seeing the baby get cut in half. Uh, when and the mom did care, you know? So and, and all it proves in my book, all it proves is that that lady who said it's okay is a psychopath and that the king is fucking retarded. Because l- let me ask you a question, Spencer. Let's say I come to you and I say, hey, I got two kids right here. Uh, they're, you know, I'm going to cut them in half. And, and you say, Connor, don't cut them in half. What? I'm supposed to say, oh, you're, you're the father. I knew it. <laughs> Makes zero sense, dude. That's true. I guess. Uh, I guess you could have. You could become saddled with unwanted kids in uh, in the wrong situation. That's a lot of money, dude. That's a lot of money. So King Solomon is on my watch list. Keep my eye on him. Uh, not a big fan as of uh, two days ago. I respect it. I All respect right. it. This is a fantasy football podcast, so uh, let's get into the to some fantasy. Uh, we're gonna quickly go over the scores from week four. We had Connor with the with a nice victory over Tristan. 108.8 to 97.4. Uh, Joe gets lucky once again. Uh, somehow is 4-0, 107.1 to 96.8 over Spencer. <clears throat> so lucky. Chris with a big win over Ben. Proves the 3-1, 109.2 to 98.8. Uh, 
37 points from Dak Prescott. Uh, Jordan picks up his first win of the season against Hovey, 117.2 to 109.4. Amac with the high score of the week, 167. Curtis puts up 142.6 points, but it's not enough. He falls to 0-4. And in our game of the week, Jerry no longer undefeated. Uh, yours truly takes him down 128.3 to 113. Uh, those are your week four scores. Uh, let's go into some highlights. Um, Connor, I'll start with you. What was your week four highlight? Yeah, uh, great. Thanks for uh, coming right to me. Really appreciate it. Uh, my week four <laughs> highlight is um, going to be Calvin Ridley uh, scoring zero points in your game uh, between Eric and Jerry, and he's still the number one uh, wide receiver in half PPR. That's one of my highlights. Uh, the second highlight, um, I got to give it um, to my boy, my boy Chris Smart. He beat Ben. I did not think it was possible. He's starting off at 301. You know, he had a great draft, and he's made some very questionable managerial decisions. But I got to give him credit, man. He's 3-1. It's a better record than me. Good job, Chris. All right, Spencer, what do you got for your week week four highlight? Uh, not a lot of personal highlights. Uh, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go to another game here. Uh, I think uh, I was pretty impressed with the showing between AMAC and uh, Curtis. Uh Feels bad for Curtis, man. That's I, I like the idea of the the, the bad B jackpot just because of uh, just because of that situation, honestly. Because yeah, it sucks to come in last or second, but not win uh, in terms of points scored. Uh, but the highlight for me was uh, I would say I know that Joe has a bet with Amac every week in terms of points scored. So even though uh, he beat me in our matchup, he lost to Amac in that. So that yeah. made me happy. It wasn't even close either. So Love it. Dominating victory for, for AMAC there. Uh, my highlight goes to Chris as well. Chris is Chris is 10th in scoring, but he is 3-1, uh, potentially on pace for his first playoff appearance since 2015. Uh, in 2015, Chris made the playoffs. I think he was the 5 or 6 seed. He lost in the first round to eventual champion Joe. Um, according to ESPN's EIG history, 2015 is Chris's only playoff appearance since he joined the league in 2012. Um, you may be wondering, you know, what was going on in 2015? Well, I got it for you. You know, 2015, Aaron Hernandez was found guilty of killing Odin Lloyd. So uh, RIP there. Uh, Rachel Dolezal officially <laughs> identified as black, and that's black with a capital B. And in 2015, uh, Bruce who Jan- is that? <laughs> Bruce- Who's Rachel Dolezal? Are you serious? Yeah, she was from around here, wasn't she? Like Spokane yeah, she's from like Spokane. You need to hit the Googles on that one, Connor. Uh, yeah, I can't even spell those two words you said, so it'll take me about 20 minutes. And also in 2015, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner. And uh, did you know that in 2015, Glamour Magazine named Caitlyn Jenner as their Women of the Year? Uh, first of all, point of order, very fast. Bruce Jenner did not become Caitlyn Jenner. She was always Caitlyn Jenner, okay? But yeah, in 2015, Glamour Magazine named Caitlyn Jenner their Woman of the Year, just proving once again uh, that men are even better at being women than women are. Ouch. Uh, also, uh, probably the greatest female decathlete of all time, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, if she always was a female, then yeah, I guess so. There you go. We got some awards to hand out this week, or we got one award, and that's the Ryan Leaf Award. That's uh, we're giving it to our biggest bust of the fantasy season so far. Um, I'll start with mine. Uh, I got DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore is currently sitting at wide receiver forty, averaging eight point nine points per game. I feel like he was kind of drafted as a guaranteed wide receiver two with potential wide receiver one upside. Uh, Tristan drafted DJ Moore for thirty one dollars. Um, 
Tristan and uh, DJ Moore's ADP and like snake drafts was wide receiver 14. And he was ranked, you know, inside some places as a top 10 wide receiver. So wide receiver 40, not after the start you wanted to see there. Um, obviously, Robbie Anderson has been the guy for the Panthers, um, not DJ Moore. Uh, Spencer, who do you got as your biggest bust so far? I don't want to pile on uh, Tristan here, but the first name I have on my list is Kenyon Drake, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, that might be that, that might be remedied with a week against the Jets this week. Um, so he's got faith the future. But uh, first one on my list, I'd say Ken Kenyon Drake. He's project, projected to get a lot more points than uh, than what he has. That's for sure. He's getting vultured led by Kyler Murray like almost every time down there in the red zone. So not much he can really do about it. But hasn't really got the yards that he uh, got last year either. So maybe they I don't know use. Uh, Use the death as a matchup to try and get him rolling a little bit more on the on the positive end, but yeah. thus far not who we've expected him to be. Yeah, I I had Kenyon Drake written down as well. He's RB thirty four right now, um, and his ADP was ten going into the draft. He was drafted for forty one dollars by Tristan uh, Con- Connor. Do you have, do you have someone different there? So no joke, uh, Kenyon Drake was my number one Ryan Leaf Award winner. So <laughs> or, I don't want to pile on Tristan, but you know. <laughs> Me and Spencer are already jumping in the pile. Might as well. Uh, one other thing, I actually kind of went through a couple other players that have been underperforming, and it seems actually there aren't a whole lot of standouts. Uh, a lot of it's just injury related. But I do need to make two points. Uh, I gotta give. I gotta since Kenyon Drake's already off the board, I'm gonna actually share the award between Curtis and Ben. Uh, Curtis took T.Y. Hilton for oh, yeah. uh, fifteen dollars. T.Y. Hilton's uh, right now wide receiver seventy four. Um, which doesn't seem that great. And then uh, I got to give it also to Ben for AJ Green um, for $14, who I called his fool's gold, uh, Iron Pyrite, so long ago. He's uh, wide receiver number 81 right now. So I had both of those guys on my list as well. <laughs> Love it. Actually, I felt like AJ Green had like that uh, week two, yeah, week two against Cleveland. He had 13 targets, and I was like, oh, man, like I just miscalled it. But nah, I, I was okay. Yeah, Adrian had a lot of targets in the first like two or three weeks, but this hasn't gotten to going. I think he's all, I think he's uh, kind of battling an injury too, which obviously isn't a surprise. Um, so yeah, this morning season for all those guys so far. Uh, got another new segment uh, we wanted to debut. It's uh, this week in EEIG history. So you know, I went through the the history page on ESPN, uh, tried to find something to highlight. Uh, since Spencer is our our special guest today, I wanted to look at uh, one of his best seasons, which was 2012. Um, this is when we were still a 10-team league. You didn't want to look at the Randy Moss trade with, with me here? Come on. Come on. I don't know, Connor. You weren't in the league at this time. But in 2012, uh, in, in 2012, in week five, Spencer defeated uh, former EIG league member Hayden. Fuck you, Hayden. 91.7 to 67.9. So high-scoring affair. Got to love standard scoring that we had back then. Uh Spencer went on to finish 10-4 and four this season, which was good for a number one seed in the playoffs, and he finished second in scoring. Uh, Spencer eventually fell to Hovey in the title title game, and I, I know we're still all surprised that Hovey actually won a fantasy title, but it did happen. Um, Spencer's roster, just looking at some of the players he had, uh, Peyton Manning, Marshawn Lynch, Antonio Brown, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, Greg Jennings, Ray Rice, and he did have one player who's still currently active. He's a tight end. Do you guys have any guesses? Uh, what year is this? 2012. Oh, man. Jimmy Graham? Uh, that is a good guess, but it's incorrect. Spencer, do you, do you know? Do you remember who's on your roster that year? 2012. That's a good question. You know, I, I 
I don't off the top of my head. I'm gonna have to give you a guess though. Uh, is Greg Olson? <laughs> it's not Greg Olson. That's a good guess too. It was actually wow. you had Rob Gronkowski as your starting tight end. Oh, okay. That's well, 2012. That's that's nice. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking at some of the other scores from that week. Uh, the lowest score that week was Ben, who scored 55.1 points. I took a look at Ben's roster as well. Uh, no surprise here, Ben was rostering three quarterbacks. So he had Cam Newton, Josh Freeman, and Alex Smith. And he also was rostering two defenses. He had the Cardinals and the Bucks. So um, it's obviously it's not it's not just you know the last couple of years for Ben. He's been he's been uh, going with rolling with these strategies for multiple years now. Uh, and now we have an ad, a word from one of our sponsors. Yeah, hey guys, uh, Commissioner Connor here. Wanted to take uh, a moment in the podcast to talk about one of our stalwart advertisers of the Questionable for Sunday podcast, the Badonk Bidet. I had the esteemed privilege, privilege, excuse me, to tour the Badonk Bidet factory this past weekend in Nova Scotia, Canada. And let me tell you what, guys, those guys, those crazy boys over there at Badonk Bidet, know how to run a manufacturing plant. To say the minimum, I was supremely impressed. They showed me around their state-of-the-art assembly line that spans two buildings. And I was also able to test out some of their upcoming products in the Bidonk Bidet Quality Control Porta Potty. But those crazy guys over at Bidonk Bidet, they really know how to QC. They actually planned out my entire day. Um, and for lunch, they took me to Chili's. Now, I had no idea we were going to Chili's. Let me tell you something. I fucking love Chili's. But everyone knows that I've been struggling with my Chili's addiction because it makes my bunghole leak. I was talking to my doctor, and after a couple tests, he found that the chili salsa was in fact loosening my sphincter muscle, causing whatever stool in my colon to secrete juices out of my asshole. Well, those crazy guys at Padonk Bidet, they used some behind-the-scenes moves and pulled my medical records. They actually knew about my allergic reaction to chili salsa before I did. And in preparation for testing out their new product line, they tied me down to a chili's chair and force-fed me chili salsa. Now, I know what you're thinking. What a sight for the other patrons. Well, they actually rented out the entire Chili's restaurant location just to ensure that they, they could give me the shitty afternoon that I deserved. And they were right. Even though I had two sets of handcuffs chained in my chair and my legs were strapped in with plastic zip ties, they still managed to grab a 13-inch funnel and pour pure chili salsa into my gullet, force-feeding me like a duck intended for frog wah. I passed out halfway through, so my memory's a little fuzzy, but uh, I did regain consciousness. Uh, and I can tell you what, my asshole was already as loose as could be. Due to the massive amount of punishment my body took, I actually couldn't walk back to the car, but luckily they had a wheelchair already ready for me. It was so thoughtful. What nice guys. We got back to the manufacturing site. It led me to their R&D section where they had their entire Loon lineup of products. Now, I won't go into too much detail, mostly because I hadn't fully recovered at this point, and I don't, my memory's a little fuzzy. But I do remember being led to a porta potty at this point. I believe it was the, the quality control porta potty. Um, and since my body could no longer contain the massive amount of chili salsa that had entered my system, uh, it began to eject material, like basically Joe's dick at a strip club. <laughs> Fortunately for my sake, those crazy guys at Badonk Bidet had already installed their new product, the Badonk Bidet BB6000, a dual-nozzle, family-friendly bidet that is said to emerge in the market in Q1 of 2021. And let me tell you what, your butt can feel the difference. With a newly implemented machine learning aiming program, the BB6000 offers a streamlined comfort adjustable heat seat to provide maximum satisfaction. This advanced bidet has an oscillating wide clean and pulsating stream technology with bubble infusion. I can honestly say that my asshole has never been cleaner. Not even chili salsa could stop the BB6000 from steam cleaning parts of my colon that I didn't even know existed. So do us all a favor here at the questionable for Sunday, questionable for Sunday 
podcast and go to badonkbaday.com forward slash bb6000 and pre-order your next butt cleaning device struggling to make end meet ends meet due to covid badonkbaday industries has you covered partnering with check in a cash that's right check in a cash to offer a crazy good deal on the badonkbaday bb6000 for only 48 monthly installments of 139.99 you can treat your anus to the treat it deserves while not breaking the bank so go to badonkbaday.com Dot com and use the promo code Eric's Dirty Asshole to receive two percent off your next purchase. All right, not sure what I just heard there, but uh, shout out to Bedonk Day for helping support our podcast. Uh, we we're back with another week of Joe knows. So last week Joe gave us three picks. Um, hopefully you didn't follow those because they did go zero and three. Um, Baylor. I lost money by the way on that on that Minnesota game. Baylor minus two and a half. You had the Minnesota under, which was fifty three and a half, and the total ended at fifty four. So a tough one there. And then uh, the teaser, uh, I can't remember the exact teams were in it, but it lost. So zero and three week for Joe, but uh, Joe's back with some more picks. Uh, so let's let's he's calling it now. Let's see what he's got to say. Hi everybody, we're back for another week of Joe knows gambling. Uh, unfortunately, week volume. One, uh, prayers to Joe. It sounds like he's stuck in a cave with those tie boys, so hopefully he's doing, he's doing okay. <laughs> but, uh, Let's get the torpedo out from him. So we'll call Elon. Elon's going to play with it. Let's also hope, uh, so one and two on his picks last week, but let's hope it's a little better this week, just like, uh, you know, we hope Joe's doing alright there. Uh, we did have... <laughs> that was well done. Okay, <laughs> We did have another trade that went down on Thursday. Um, wasn't much of a newsbreaker, um, but you know one of the parties involved was is here on the podcast with us. That's Spencer. Spencer's traded Steelers defense to Hobie for Adam Humphreys. Um, I'm not really sure what to say about this one, Spencer. So why don't you walk me through what 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 was going on in the negotiations? Yeah, so Adam Humphreys, uh, 
so basically, uh, I had nothing going on, which uh, it describes a, a lot of me tinkering with the league. Uh, but I, I noticed that Hovi uh, did not have anybody uh, to put in his IR slot. And he was going to need to play a quarterback potentially if Patrick Mahomes didn't play his game. So he, I, I traded him uh, Adam Humphreys for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense at that time so that he could put him on IR. And then we just had an agreement that we would trade back after the week. So no benefit to me. I just figured I wanted to make COVID affect the league as much as little as possible and, uh, you know, help a guy out. And yeah. There we go. Uh, I don't think there's much else to say there. Spencer broke it down for us. Um, I think it ended up being a pretty consequential trade. I got to say, Spencer, uh, last week you were involved with the trade as Hovi as well. Um, I, I think I was more of a fan of Hovi's side of the deal, but uh, after looking at C.D. Lamb last week and his kind of his trajectory, how he's been going, um, I think you're looking good in that trade uh, with how C.D. CD is playing. Yeah, definitely was a big week for C.D. Lamb. Um, got those two touchdowns, uh, but yeah, not probably not going to score two touchdowns every week. But at the same time, uh, I think I like his trajectory for the rest of the season. So, for sure, um, waiver wires went down today, so there are some ads that are made. Um, we're all going to give our picks for waiver wire pickup of the week. Uh, Connor, I'll start with you. Who do you like? Um, dude, uh, uh, guys, I got to be honest, dude, I really fucked up this week. Uh, I can't. I uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, I was sober yesterday, but I forgot to put in my waiver wire requests in this league. So, kind of shot myself in the foot because uh, I was actually trying to get the Chiefs defense. Um, fortunately for me, though, I, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have put in a bid for eighteen dollars because uh, Ben put in a, a, a bid for seventeen dollars for the Chiefs defense, which. To be honest with you, they're the third overall defense, and they're playing pretty well. Um, and they're playing the Raiders this week, so it could be a juicy matchup. But seems like a lot. Um, I really like the Ernest Johnson, actually, uh, coming out from – I think that's Jordan got him for 35 bucks. Seems like a really good deal. Not only is he going to get a lot of carries with Chubb out, 35 bucks is really not a whole lot to lose in the grand scheme of things in terms of uh, fab budget. Uh, Spencer, who was your, your pick for Wave Wire Pickup of the Week? Uh, whew, that's a great question. Can you come back to me? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to you. I think I, I agree. I like the Dearness Johnson pick uh, for 30, 35. Uh, I think it's a solid deal. Um, we'll see what Chubb out. Dearness Johnson's next guy in line. If anything were to happen to Cream Hunt, he'd obviously be in for a nice role as well. Um, I also like Jordan's pickup of Eric Ebron for $3. You know, obviously, tight ends is pretty thin, but, uh, I think Ebron has some a little bit of upside, and uh, for three bucks, uh, worth the shot as well. I love the. I guess that's five bids on tight ends from Jordan. Three zero zero zero. He's gonna get one of them. Yeah, you know? he is just like any of these guys. I'll take him. So, uh, question actually for you, um, Justin Jackson, eighty-five bucks. Um, did you wow. feel he was worth that much because you have Eckler? Uh, yeah, that, and I just feel like at this point, like there's not very many running backs left that it would be like there's not many running backs on waivers right now who like if someone were to get injured they'd be worth spending all your budget on so i just wanted to get him i feel like joshua kelly has struggled these last few weeks he's had like two key fumbles the last couple weeks um outside of the fumbles he hasn't performed well either so i feel like he, 
Jackson could be, I mean, he's not going to, obviously, he's not going to move into, like, Austin Eckler production, but I feel like um, within the carries that he gets in the run game, maybe the potential to beat out Josh Kelly there um, and some work in the passing game as well. Uh, like, obviously, look at my running backs. Outside Mixon and um, Jonathan Taylor, like, McKinnon's been a nice fill-in now with Mostert out, but potentially his role goes down. Um, just kind of looking for some upside. Fair enough. Yeah, I think uh, I probably wouldn't be able to get those guys. I mean, I maybe could have got Ernest Johnson if I fucking didn't forget about waivers. But uh, <laughs> yeah, my team could use a running back. Uh, hey, Spencer, did you? Uh, what do you like from the waiver report this past week? You know, Durance Johnson was up there for sure. Uh, especially me having the uh, Browns running backs, I was definitely all aware of the Chubb injury. Uh, there was a there was a couple receivers that I I swear I, I was had I was going to put bids in, but I, I kind of had similar problem to Connor this week. Uh, but I was going to look at it real quick. It was Christian Kirk or Alameda Zacchaeus, actually. I like both of them. So both of them are Eric, unfortunately. And you know what? I like Tim Patrick as well. Uh, all solid pickups, I think. So yeah, Eric, you actually got, yeah, Kirk and uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, which has <laughs> got to be a top tier fantasy football name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Zacchaeus, uh, obviously, with Julio out now, he had eight, he had nine targets on Monday night, he caught eight passes. Um, outside of Tyreek Hill, my receivers are horrible, so I'm just looking for any any kind of boost there. Obviously, with bye weeks now starting to work their way in, um, I'm going to need some guys to fill in some spots. So I'm just kind of hoping for the best from Kirk or Zacchaeus. But, um, yeah, I, I put in a bid on Tim Patrick as well. I put in for $28, Tristan bid 30 so a nice pickup there. Um, uh, P- Patrick has looked pretty nice with Denver, um, with any of the quarterbacks they've put out there. Uh, looking next here, uh, we're going to give our picks now for, for week, what are we on now? Week five, week five of the season and, uh, Connor, I'll start with you. Who do you like this week? So, uh, I'm taking Hovey, uh, Hovey, uh, want to give a quick shout out to Hovey, by the way. Uh, I'm taking myself. I'm taking Jerry, Chris, Curtis, and Jordan. All right, I'm taking. I got similar picks, but I'm taking myself, Hobie, Jerry, Chris, Curtis, and Jordan as well. Spencer, are you, are you different anywhere here? Uh, sweep it. I have Hobie, Connor, Jerry, Chris, Curtis, and Jordan. Let's yeah. go. So a lot of similar picks here. Looking at our records here, it was a rough week for me. I think I was one and five last week. Um, so I'm eight and ten on the year. Connor seven and eleven, and our guest five and seven. Uh, Connor, we're facing each other this week. Clash of the co-hosts. Do we want to do we want to put something on the line? I'm down, dude. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, I'm How about let's put on our firstborn child? All right, yeah. If if I win, I get to name your firstborn child, and uh, <laughs> if you win, then um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we can do a name change already, but uh, uh, I mean, yeah, she's young enough. Um, she, I mean, yeah, you don't get your long-term memory, so you're two years old. No, actually, uh, let's stay like, uh, you want to put like uh, 10 bucks on it? Sounds good to me. And how about this? And if I win, I get to host the podcast instead of you. Perfect. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, last week, we had a debut of the segment Jerry's Berries, and it's back for another week. We got a, a late submission here um, from Jerry. Oh, uh, did it make it in? It did make it in. Oh, uh, let's go. Let's recap last week's picks. So uh, last week for uh, Jerry's Berries, he had uh, Edelman and Devontae Parker to finish as top 12 wide receivers. Um, Edelman did not come close. He finished as wide receiver 67. I'll consider that a loss for Jerry. Devontae Parker finished as wide receiver 14. I mean, I, that's pretty close. I'm, I'm, I'm giving Jerry a victory it. there. I'll give it. 
And he said Ryan Fitzpatrick would finish as a, a top 10 QB. He finished as QB 12, a 20-point performance. I mean, hard really to knock Jerry there. I'll give it to him. Uh, looking at his fruits, uh, his number one, his first fruit was Joe Mixon, um, finishing outside of RB, uh, outside of the top 20. Um, unfortunately for Jerry's team, because he was facing him, Mixon scored three touchdowns, 39 fantasy points. He finished as RB1. So that, that's a big loss there for Jerry. He he did say uh, Kareem Hunt was going to outscore Nick Chubb, which was correct. Uh, Chubb was looking real good to start, but uh, obviously the injury now keeping him out multiple weeks. Uh, Chubb did finish his RB45, so I guess Jerry was right on that one, but uh, uh, maybe an asterisk on that one. Uh, I'll give it to him. He did yeah, pick... Uh, What's his name? Sorry, Hunt scored two touchdowns. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, of course they were after Hunt, uh, Chubb got injured, but still... still uh, Solid game from yeah. uh, from Hunt. So. I did like Jerry's the kind of thought process on that one. Obviously, the game didn't play out as he thought. He thought Dallas would be up big, and it was the opposite. Cleveland was up huge. Um, so kind of a weird one there. And then he said Terry McLaurin would, uh, I think he said, finish outside the top 20, but he finished his wide receiver 12. Um, and that was for Jerry's team, so obviously he was happy that he was a finish, finish well, but um, a loss there for the Fruits. So uh, let's see what uh, Jerry's got for his uh, submission this week. Greetings and welcome to Jerry's Berries. This is your EEIG points leader, best hair award winner, and first (laughs) ballot hall of famer, Jerry. Here to give out my fruits of the week and warn you of those bad berries for week five. Let's get to it. First up, Ronald Jones, come on down. The ESPN projected bid is 13.6 points. The Jerry's Berry's actual market value is 15 points. Next up, Todd Gurley, come on down. ESPN projected bid is 15.4 points. The Jerry's Berry's actual market value is 10 points. That's a bad berry. Now time for the Showcase Showdown, where we highlight a couple teams from the EEIG that will over or underperform their projected totals for week five. We have two wonderful showcases for you today. First up, we have a team led by the reigning NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, also featuring the third highest scoring running back this season, Dalvin Cook, and the hopeful return of superstar Michael Thomas. This showcase is also featuring one of the best team names in the league, but blast for Beckham. The ESPN projected bid for this lovely showcase is 122.3 points. Jerry's Berry's actual market value is 115 points. Although Michael Thomas' potential return is a boost for Curtis, Malcolm Brown as his RB2 and T.Y. Hilton, who just hasn't been quite the same since Andrew Luck retired, will keep his team falling just short of his projected total. But Curtis, don't worry, there is a door price. Even though you may fall short of your 122.3 projection, I believe you still will have enough to beat Ben this week. Congrats on your first win! You want more? We got more! Team name More More is our showcase number two. Led at quarterback by that guy named uh, Tom Brady. Uh, Just bummer Tristan didn't start him last week. Uh, And looking to get a lot out of his receiver Amari Cooper, who is third for points among wide receivers this season. The ESPN projected bid for this showcase is 106.7 points. 
the Jerry's Berry's actual market value is 112. I think the Arizona running back duo will put up points against the lowly Jets, expect a big game from Amari Cooper against the Giants, and DJ Moore to get his first touchdown of the season against the terrible Falcons. Watch out, Chris. More, more might get you. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Jerry's Berries. Damn, dude, I think, like, can we hire dude, that's Jerry? Awesome. Can we hire Jerry as the producer of our podcast? Yeah, dude, that was great. Jerry's killing it, man. Yeah, Jerry's killing it. Jerry's killing, killing the league and the fantasy. podcast. He's Jesus. killing it in production value on... He's killing Jerry's it in the hairstyle. Jerry's. God damn it. Hairstyle, exactly. So Jerry's fruit of the week uh, outperformed projects of Ronald Jones, his bad Barry, Todd Gurley, and then the team showdown. I like this addition from Jerry here. Curtis to underperformers projection, but still get the victory. Tristan Wild performance projection. He's also picking DJ Moore to get his first touchdown. Some bold predicts, predictions from Jerry there. I, I love it. And uh, I think this is a great way to end the podcast here. Um, another great episode of Questionable for Sunday. Spence, we've been waiting to have you on. It was great to have you on. Great job coming on the, on the pod. I appreciate you having me, guys. Thanks, Spence. Hey, uh, any, you want to you wanna make any shout-outs before we wrap things up? Yeah, anything... Last final final statement you want to say? The floor is yours. Man, fuck Julio Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a tough one, man. It's because it's it's in, a the, tough nice, one. in the nicest possible way because I still yeah. love him. But god damn it. Anyway, I think that's a good way to end our pod. Con, Con you got any any last thoughts here for for? I can't you? beat that. You heard it here first. Fuck Julio Jones. Exactly. Fuck Julio Jones. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Adios.